Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I D O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to today's 
show where I welcome Dr. Alexandra Stockwell, also known as the Intimacy Doctor. She is a relationship and intimacy coach and an intimate marriage expert who specializes in coaching couples to build beautiful, long-lasting, passionate relationships. And she is the best-selling author of Uncompromising Intimacy and also the host of the Intimate Marriage Podcast and creator of the Aligned in Hot Marriage program. And today, you guessed it, Dr. Stockwell and I talk about intimacy. And we talk about some very specific ways to build it in our relationships. And particularly if you're in a long-term relationship where intimacy and passion might have kind of gone on the wayside. And even if you're not in a long-term relationship, maybe you're dating or single, you're going to find a lot of value in today's show. And we finish by talking about finding the erotic in the everyday. And I really love that part of the conversation where you can cultivate this eroticism in your life individually, and that's going to pour into your relationship and then the bedroom and everywhere else in between. So as always, thank you guys so much for tuning in, for leaving those reviews on iTunes and Spotify. We've been getting some great reviews lately that really helps us to continue to put out this podcast for free, to give you this information that we are honestly right there alongside of you getting ourselves. You know, Sarah and I, We're never doing this podcast as relationship experts. We actually started the podcast with the idea to get relationship advice. You know, we are going to build this business, build a podcast, but at the very least, we would get free relationship advice and talk to the world's leading relationship experts. So we are right there alongside of you trying to apply this stuff to do the work. And we commend you guys for doing the same, because if you're here, you are obviously in the same boat, trying to improve your lives, improve your relationships. So good on you. Keep it up. Enjoy today's show. Hi, Dr. Stockwell. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Today, we're going to talk about developing passion and intimacy in our relationships. And I thought a good place for us to start would be having you tell our listeners how you think about passion and intimacy as it shows up in a healthy relationship. Yes, absolutely. Well, the first thing is to distinguish between a one-night stand or dating or very early in a relationship because What I'm about to say can apply there, but it definitely doesn't have to. But in the context of a long-lasting, long-term committed relationship, it's really not possible to have passion and sensual intimacy without emotional intimacy. Another way that I like to say this is that when it comes to long-term relationships, everything which isn't sex functions as foreplay. It's either bringing you a little closer together or a lot or a little bit further apart or a lot. So when we're talking about passion and really sustaining it, we have to also be talking about emotional intimacy. Yeah, it's hard to have deep, connected, passionate sex if you feel like your partner's closed off to you. And as you distinguish between a one night stand, that that's one thing. Right. You don't have to know your partner's name and it can be amazing, but that's no longer true when you're together for a while. 
Exactly. And I want to touch a little bit on both, but why don't we start with maybe the the more challenging one, and that is someone in a longer term relationship. Let's say someone listening is tuning in because things have been pretty stale in the bedroom or non-existent. That's certainly a place that can easily happen and you could kind of just slip into it, especially if you have kids and busy lives. So what are some of the first steps you would tell someone in a long-term relationship that wants to kind of ignite that passion, create more intimacy and, and move from that place? I definitely have very concrete things to do, but I want to set the context a little bit more and talk about uncompromising intimacy, because really throughout the Western world, perhaps the whole world, the most common relationship advice that is given is that you have to learn to compromise. If you want a great marriage, you have to be good at compromise. In fact, I've shared this and had people pull out their hallmark wedding cards talking about the importance of compromise in being happy with one another. And that is just plain wrong. If you want a bland, pleasant companionship, compromise will definitely help you create that. But if you want dynamic, nourishing, erotic, passionate intimacy, then it's essential to be uncompromising. But I need to say what I mean by that, because I don't mean that you always get your own way and you get to become basically a bully in the relationship. I don't mean that at all. What I mean is that when one is compromising, what's basically happening is that I'm withholding my desires, sometimes my challenges, my internal experience. Sometimes it's even which restaurant I want to go to for dinner. I hold that back. Don't express it so that my partner will be comfortable. And in doing so, I'm basically holding back parts of myself from the relationship. So when I'm talking about being uncompromising, I'm talking about learning to bring all of who you are, your internal experience, your desires, your dreams, your challenges, to learn how to bring them to the relationship in a way that your partner can hear them. And what that means is that you basically erode the little mini walls that arise every time you compromise. And instead, the energy and the connection can flow between you. So all of my suggestions for how to reignite passion or expand it have to do with being uncompromising in the way that I've just described. I love that. I love when our guests turn things on their head. Relationship cliches, like you said, in, in the Hallmark card from a wedding, it's like always <laughs> yes. learn to compromise. And obviously it has caveats and you don't just want to be pushing your way all the time. But it seems like the first step to being uncompromising in the way you describe it is to understand what it is that we want and desire and then communicate it. Absolutely. And in terms of a first step to take, this can sound so basic, but I have stories upon stories of people who've done it and had good results. So one of the most basic and very effective ways to, this is for the people where 
passion is non-existent or very infrequent. It also works if you're having a good time, but you want it to be better. And that is to cultivate curiosity, to ask open-ended questions, which means questions where there isn't a right or wrong answer. It's really just an invitation for your partner to share things that you don't know. And I guess I want to make sure to include that there's data that couples typically speak for less than four minutes a day about anything other than logistics and kids and I'm guessing pets as well when relevant. So both people in a relationship grow and evolve. That is a normal, natural part of being a human. But so often that growth is not actually brought into the relationship, which means it restricts how much connection is possible and how much intimacy. So when I say cultivate curiosity, ask open-ended questions, it's really to get to know your partner in new ways. And these questions can be deep, they can be spiritual, they can be whimsical, humorous, light. So some examples might be, what was the highlight of last week for you? Or perhaps if you could have dinner with any celebrity alive or dead, who would it be and what would you ask them? If you could be president of any country, which one would it be and what policies would you implement? When you're alone in your car, do you listen to anything? What podcasts or music are you focused on these days? Or if not, what are you thinking about? These are all ways that we can invite our partner to share more of who they are about things that we don't already know. That's such a sad stat of the four minutes a day. And that's why I love having people like yourself on so we can help people out there break through those four minutes, make it eight minutes, make it 20 minutes. And these questions are a great way to do that. And I've mentioned this on the show before, but uh, have you heard of the, I believe it's the 37 questions to fall in love? Yes. In fact, this is so interesting to me. I have four children. My oldest is in graduate school right now. And she learned something about those questions. It's actually 36 that were in the New York Times. And she shared something that was new to me because I think of them as, yes, the 36 questions to ask if you want to fall in love with someone the way you're referring to them. And interestingly, those questions were first developed to enhance any relationship to create more openness and connection. It's just that they definitely work in romantic relationships as well. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting. I've actually done it with friends for that exact reason. And we'll be sure to put a link in the show notes to those questions. And that's what it takes is, especially in a long-term relationship, is deliberate action, literally looking up questions that are good prompts to get interesting conversations going with your partner that are beyond the logistics. And the end goal is to make us feel closer and more intimate. And that's going to create more passion. Yes. And I want to add to this, especially for anybody listening who's skeptical that asking some questions is really going to make a difference in their sex life. For you, I want to say, think back to the experience 
of being in love, of feeling in love, because one of the elements of really feeling in love is having so much curiosity, like where does that scar come from? And what did you want to be when you grew up? And what countries have you traveled to? And what was your second grade teacher's name? And what vegetable did you enjoy in childhood? I mean, these are obviously just some random examples, but we are so curious about our partner. And then as the relationship develops, there's something wonderful about the safety and solidity that comes with the familiarity. And we don't want to give that up, but we don't want to have that familiarity be at the cost of the curiosity. And so when I'm talking about cultivating curiosity or you're mentioning those 36 questions, there's a way in which it revives some of the flavor and the intense interest that is part of being in love. And I always make sure to include that if you're going to ask a question, make sure you actually are interested in what the answer is. Don't just ask a question and then get your phone out. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving relationship advice listeners 10% off when you visit Hero. .co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing and they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 0 grams of sugar and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie, their white bread is so good and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family and we all walked to the lake and the only bread we had in the house was Hero Bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any Hero Bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low-quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab and go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. That's I do at H E R O dot C O. 
When you work full time, have kids and run a podcast, it's hard to make time for a multiple step skincare protocol. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. Let me repeat it. They make it easy. No complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase when using the code I do when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around. It's all thanks to OneSkin's revolutionary OS-01 peptide, the first ingredient proven to deactivate aging cells responsible for lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. Unlike traditional skincare products that only mask symptoms, OneSkin pioneered a new approach integrating tissue engineering and cutting-edge science to enhance skin biology for lasting resilience against aging. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using the code IDO at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code IDO. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. What would you tell someone whose partner is not really receptive to this, you know, is kind of just maybe not present, they're not as committed to doing this, you know, if someone's asking the questions and they're just not getting a lot of response? Okay, well, the first thing is I recommend that you have your partner listen to this conversation so that it's not just something, another thing you're trying to get the partner to do. There's a broader context for it. I also would say, I would love to have more closeness in our relationship. Like, I want us to both enjoy being with one another more. What do you say about asking one another these questions? It's worked for a lot of people. Let's see if we enjoy it. And for the partner who just doesn't answer, like you say, what celebrity would you like to have dinner with? And what would you want to talk with them about? And your partner says, I don't know. In that situation, your partner doesn't yet see the appeal. And there are so many different reasons for that. It could be that your partner, either from you or in childhood, was judged for saying the wrong thing, or they were just shut down for any number of reasons. And if that's the case, just don't don't push it, but just ask again another day. And the other thing I would say is, You don't need to wait for your partner to catch on and ask you the same questions. Go ahead and ask your partner and either they answer or they don't and share what your response would be, even if you haven't been asked out loud. 
because that also will contribute to more closeness. I think it's so valuable when having these goals in mind, right? Like we want to create more passion to start the conversation. Like you said, if they listen to the show, that's great. So they're going to understand the context. But just by saying, I would love to have more closeness in this relationship. And it's an I statement. It's not saying you seem too busy and and I feel like we're not being close and uh, everything's lacking in the bedroom. That's going to put someone on the defensive. And it's so key in a lot of the conversations we have in a relationship to communicate, you know, from that place of empathy, from using I statements. And and that's just going to give us a lot more success. Absolutely. And what I would add to that just saying it in my own words, is that when you ask a question, listen generously. Listen, even if you don't like your partner's answer, listen with a gladness that they've told you the truth because you not hearing it does not make it any less true. It is there in your relationship. So you might as well hear what it is. Okay. So Someone listening is is going to go on this journey. They're going to look up the questions. They're going to listen to this podcast, get their partner to, and they're starting to build this intimacy, you know, and you could be together for 20 years and start building it again or for the first time. What are some of the next steps that they can think about doing? Yeah, I'm going to answer that. But I also want to add, in addition to the 36 questions, there are a number of different basically games of cards with questions, some for families, some for couples, some that are sort of sex oriented, some that are more general. So if this is something that appeals to you and you don't think of it, the questions yourself, there are a lot of resources for this. You're not going to just be stuck with 36, but I can send you some links if you want to include those too. But um, when it comes specifically to passion, sensuality, sex, Literally, the most important thing is to talk about it. One of the best positive predictors for having a great sex life is being able to talk about it with your partner. And in fact, the vast majority of couples are much more comfortable having sex than discussing it. But only 9% of couples that don't talk about sex report being sexually satisfied. So I'm saying all of this to inspire the couple that is just not part of the culture of their marriage to talk about sex, but that really is one of the best ways to improve your sex life, no matter where you're starting. And I have some suggestions about how to get that conversation going. Please share them. So the first thing is to tell your partner, I have something important that I want to talk with you about. Are you available? In other words, you want both of you to opt into the conversation that is already setting it up for more success than if you just go ahead and say your thing and the person never even was prepared for a conversation. So that's the first thing. Second thing is when, and when you ask, I have something important to say, or something complicated, something tender, whatever you want to say, are you available to hear it? That other person has to be able to say, no, not right now. And then you say, okay, well, when would be a good time? Like, it's a real question. Are you available? But anyway, once they are available, because if they say no, you can say, okay, when would be good? 
then start the conversation by talking about aspects of your relationship that are really wonderful. Like, I love the way we parent together. I'm so glad we chose this house. I just love sitting on the porch together and seeing what we've created. Or I love the way you're helpful with my nieces and nephews. Or we do such a great job making financial decisions, whatever it is. If if you're interested in better sex, there is some part of your relationship that you definitely enjoy. So acknowledge that. Start with what's working and then say, and I'd love for our sex life to be as good, to have as much positivity and happiness for both of us. And if you're not used to saying sex life, you can say, you know, and I'd love for the way we touch one another to be that good too. Use the language that is going to be best for you and your partner. So after saying what's positive in some other part of the marriage or relationship, then say that you'd like to basically hack that success and have the intimacy be as good. And that might actually be enough for the first conversation if you've never had a conversation like this before. You want to quit while you're ahead. But if you're able to go further or the next time you have the conversation, because this is obviously not a one and done when it comes to talking about sex with the person you're having sex with, then the next thing is to share some things that you do enjoy about how you touch one another, whether there were particular moments or locations, something that really worked for you. And if you can't think of anything, then maybe it's the way you hold hands when you walk or when you have your arms around one another watching TV. Like if you don't have a sexual moment to say was wonderful, then pick a non-sexual one. Again, you want to affirm what's working. And that also might be enough for that conversation. But it's really only after talking about what is going well in the relationship overall and what has been good in how you touch one another that you then can share what you would like to do differently. And the very important thing about that is to remember that within every complaint is a desire. And as human beings, we have a lot more access to our complaints and that's no problem. That's good information. But consider what your complaint is and identify the desire ahead of having the conversation and then share your desire. So for example, if your complaint is that everything always happens too quickly, then your desire is to slow down and feel more connected. If your complaint is, I give you more attention than you give me in the bedroom, then your desire is to give me more attention so that we both have more pleasure. I love that. That's such a good way to identify what it is that we want. Because as I said earlier, like how do we communicate or or how do we know what it is that we want and then communicate it? And you've given us some very specific ways to communicate it. But I find 
it's sometimes hard for me to to go, well, what is it that I exactly desire so I can communicate clearly? And just as you're saying that, thinking about, let's say, a complaint, it's like, I like being touched in public, you know, just something as simple as a hand on my shoulder, like a preemptive touch, you know, like that I'm not the one uh, initiating it, so to say. And and that feels so good to me. And, and I love that. But if I have a partner, they can't read my mind and I might be getting frustrated that it never happens. And it, it's actually pretty easy once we have these tools and in, in the awareness to identify that and then communicate it in a loving way. Yes. And whenever it does happen the way you want it, you want to be sure to say that because your partner also doesn't know. So if your partner does touch your back in public, you want to say, oh, babe, that feels so good. And you do that once or twice. People are very much conditioned to positive feedback. So as long as it's not painful, it will be a pleasure to continue to do that. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. If you're tuning into today's show, you're probably aware that mental health and relationship challenges are a part of life, but they don't have to define you and you're not alone. If you've ever wished that you could join a conversation with an expert and call into a show in a similar vein as relationship advice, here's an opportunity for you. If you're navigating something messy, call the Dr. John Deloney show. His show recently hit top five of all podcasts on Apple Podcasts and for a good reason. With a PhD in counseling and two decades of experience sitting with people, Dr. Deloney brings practical advice on how to connect with others, face depression, overcome anxiety, and find true wellness. This caller-driven show tackles real-life issues from relationships to emotional well-being. Dr. Deloney walks alongside people just like you as they navigate tough decisions. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney Show is here for you. Send your questions, leave a voicemail at 844-693-3291 or email askjohn at ramseysolutions.com. They want to talk to you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. Money is one of the biggest stressors in relationships. While worrying about it doesn't help a ton, Earnin actually does. Our sponsor, Earnin, is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Many couples end up fighting about finances, especially when surprise costs arise. Earnin allows you to seamlessly deal with that unexpected trip to the vet or the last minute gift for loved ones without any stress, letting you and your partner focus on what really matters. Earnin is helping millions of Americans to feel self-sufficient and to worry and fight less about money. All of this without debt trap, mandatory fees, or credit checks. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download Earnin app, type in relationship advice under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show. That's relationship advice under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, 
pay period max and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Do all of these things apply pretty similarly to a newer relationship? Maybe someone listening that is dating? Well, there's a lot to take and use to basically extend the initial curious, lovely phase. But it really is a little bit of a different process because early in a relationship, especially with dating, but also the first, potentially the first years of living together, it depends on the couple if this is the case, the thing which is developing is the safety and the familiarity. Whereas in the longer already established relationship, the familiarity is well established by definition. And so what really needs attention is to foster the spark and the newness and the variety. So I think everything we've talked about is very useful, but I once led a workshop where I thought all of the participants were going to have been together for at least 10 years. And in fact, there were, I don't know, six couples there. And the one that had been together the longest was six months. And so I talked about the importance of cultivating curiosity because I didn't at first know that they hadn't been together for very long. And that's what I had prepared. And this is the starting point for... um igniting and enhancing connection in long-lasting relationships. So that's where I started. And in this situation, all of the couples turned to one another and they felt very good about themselves because they were, that's exactly how they were being with one another. But it comes naturally. So for somebody who's new in a relationship, you can appreciate this phase and extend it, but it just doesn't take the same amount of effort. What did I think is important early in a relationship is to really make sure you say what's true for you. This gets back to not compromising. It's much easier to establish not compromising early on in the relationship and sustain it than in a relationship built on compromise to shift things. That's so key. And that can be scary to do because early on we feel like we want to just be our best selves and maybe not shake things up. But then, as you said, we're, we can potentially be building something that is actually inauthentic. We're not sharing our truths. And you have no way of knowing if the person you're with actually is going to appreciate what you share until you share it. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, teens dating or college students dating unless they're serious like like there's a certain young immature casualness where yeah you probably know if you say that they're not going to be interested but i'm talking about when you're more mature and you want genuine relationships then put your attention on sharing who you genuinely are and being curious about who the other person genuinely is and be suspicious if it feels like they're just saying something so you're more comfortable. One of the things that you also talk about in developing passion and intimacy is finding the erotic in the everyday. And I'd like 
to touch on that just a little bit before we wrap up. What do you mean by that? And then I want to talk about how we can do that. Okay, fantastic. So I'm a physician. I met my husband in medical school in the first 10 years of our life together. We had babies in diapers and we're in our medical training and working 70, sometimes 100 hours a week. So the point that I want to make is that while we loved one another and we're building a life together, we did not have time with one another. So we had sex. It was it was fine, but it wasn't what the poets talk about. It didn't like bring us closer together in this soulful way. And so once we completed training, we didn't have children in diapers, we had evenings together and weekends off, I fully expected that our intimate life would really light up because we had time with one another. And it turned out it wasn't just time we needed. And I ended up taking this very in-depth training on sensuality and sexuality for myself and my marriage, which ultimately led to my becoming a coach. But I'm giving all of this context to say that once we figured out how to really touch one another, be present with one another, have passionate lovemaking, there is no way that I wanted to restrict that feeling, that sense of connection and gratification to after the kids were in bed and the house was cleaned up and neither of us had any work to do and we both were awake enough to enjoy it, that restricted the passion and intimacy in our life to a very, very small percentage. So once I realized this, I started researching and playing. And one particular evening about mm, 10 or 15 years ago, I remember being at the dinner table, our four children, my husband at one end and me at the other, was our typical dinner. And I suddenly realized that during that dinner time, I either ignored my husband because he knew how to take care of himself. He didn't need my attention like the kids did. Or I felt good feelings towards him as a co-parent. But I'd never, when in that setting, felt like an erotic woman with my man at the other end of the table. And for me, it was very much taboo to feel any of those feelings when the children were around. But without telling anybody anything or overtly doing anything, I just shifted my attention to kind of feel the way I might feel if we were on a date or we were in a bar and he just picked me up. You know, there's a feeling and a look in my eye, even though I was continuing to engage with my family in a very normal, appropriate manner. And to my surprise, when I shifted my energy in this way, he started responding to me differently and asking me different questions. And my children were all much calmer. I'm not talking, obviously, about having sex on the dinner table. I was totally appropriate. But instead of compartmentalizing my erotic aspects, I let it blend and mix with my other roles. 
And I've since coined the term discrete eroticism because I've discovered that throughout the day, there are all kinds of opportunities to have this part of me and this part of my 26-year marriage be active. It's just a matter of attention. And so now if I'm cooking, my husband might walk by and just touch the back of my neck. There's no conversation. The kids don't notice, but I sure notice. It's so powerful to be able to do that. And it's it's a mindset and it's not easy because we do slip into these roles. If you have kids, now you're a mother, now you're a father, you got work and we kind of just wake up one day and it's been five years and and you kind of forget how the relationship was early on when the erotic is kind of just always floating around. You get butterflies in your stomach every time you see your partner and then it just becomes normal. So I really love this framework. It's so powerful. And I'm, I'm just thinking it's almost along the lines of a lot of things that can bring us more joy and happiness in our lives that just require very deliberate and intentional thinking. You know, I'm thinking gratitude, you know, it's like, it's easy to just be complaining about different things. And once we're able to cultivate a mindset of gratitude, then everything feels a little bit better, a little bit easier. Am I on the right track here? It seems like a similar mindset type of thing. You're absolutely on the right track. And it is a mindset shift, although I want to emphasize it's also an energetic embodiment shift by its nature. It's not just our thinking that we're changing, it's our energy, but maybe with a mindset shift that happens also. But I just really want to emphasize it. And the other thing to add, which is really, it can sound challenging, but is ultimately beautiful and empowering, is that this is something you do for yourself. So often, It's common to think, well, if my partner were a better lover or if he brought me flowers or if she just initiated sex, whatever it is, then we would have a better time together. And when I'm talking about the erotic in the everyday, that is me making it happen for myself and enjoying my husband's response. And he's now become rather skillful himself and I have the opportunity to respond, but that was never required to make this shift in our relationship. I love that, Dr. Stockwell. And we covered a lot today, some really valuable, actionable tips. So thank you so much for all the information that you've shared. Before we wrap up, are there any things that we skipped over or maybe that you want to emphasize before we say goodbye? It's been a beautiful conversation. And the one thing that I want to Add, I think I said it earlier, but I want to emphasize it. That is that having a fantastic relationship is a learnable skill. So if you don't have a fantastic relationship, look for the education to get it. Because really, I think in our society, the biggest problem is a lack of education, not a lack of capacity to have fulfilling, passionate relationships. I love that. And It's thanks to people like you that we're able to become more educated and apply it to our lives. So thank you again. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you online? Yes. Come find me at alexandrastockwell.com. 
You can, from there, find my book, Uncompromising Intimacy, my own podcast, The Intimate Marriage Podcast. I'm on social media. Feel free to DM me if you'd like. I have course online courses, private coaching. You can find all of that at alexandrastockwell.com. Thank you. We'll have those links in our show notes and on our website at idopodcast.com. And thanks again for coming on the show today. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, And while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge, We really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.